Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. The information is flying in at, at a rate that I've never even seen before. I've never even heard before. Again, the connectivity that we have now in our culture all over the world and finding out about what's going on all over the world is absolutely remarkable. And I, I think it's fantastic. Um, because again, to not know what's going on, you, you are purposefully putting your head in the sand. You're using the wrong resources. Um, and you're going to hear some audio from, from some, in, uh, one particular individual who is, who is clearly out of touch. And it's very sad to be honest. I know that I, I rail on these people on a regular basis who are brainwashed and don't get it. And I fully understand that I'm going to continue to do such things. However, we do have to understand that there is a sad, sad point um, w with the human race when they fail to see the light, even when the light is right in front of them. And uh, there's an awful lot of that going on, as I'm, I'm sure you're fully aware. So let me just rock through a number of stories here that occurred late last week and over the weekend. First of all, um, it should come as no surprise, as I've brought up on this podcast before, that just because a state in the United States puts a no-mask mandate on doesn't mean that schools aren't going to fight back against it and resist um, not having masks. There are plenty of brainwashed people out there that, that work in these buildings and run these school buildings that still, want, that still want masks, and one of them is a former district where I used to work in Florida. They have a mask mandate. They're defying the state mask mandate. There are lots of them in Florida that are doing that, even though Governor DeSantis has said no masks whatsoever. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot of that. Again, it's even happening in private schools and Catholic schools in Florida as well. Um, one in particular in Broward County. Again, a, a Catholic private school is mandating masks, even for the very, very young and the teenagers, whether they've been jabbed or not. And we know that, of course, none of these work, including the jabs and the masks, but it doesn't mean that they're not going to continue to just brainwash the masses because they themselves are brainwashed. So they're just going to do whatever they want. And again, it's, it's I mean, we hear the word precipice a lot, and we've heard that word a lot. And that's an individual choice that a person has got to make. I mean, what is, what is, what is an individual's personal breaking point? How often are you going to continue to send your children to these environments that are openly abusing them? What, what, when is that line? When are you going to cross that line and eventually say, I can't do this anymore. We can't do this anymore. This is, this is beyond outrageous because I'm telling you, if you left now, you're, or you leave a week from now or six months from now, you're still going to look backwards and say, look at all that time we wasted. Look at all of that time where we could have been homeschooling and they could have been in a healthy environment and X, Y, Z. I mean, time is precious here. So I would just, I don't know, I would encourage people to always consider that and, and just self-govern and, and take the power back as much as, you, as much as you possibly can. These environments cannot be fixed. And I do not believe for a minute, and I get, I know that there are great teachers out there and great board members too, but the fact is, is that the entire system has to be brought down, the entire thing. So to continue on the same wavelength of just some of these news stories here, California is mandating jabs for all of their teachers statewide. There was a Loudoun County, Virginia teacher uh, who quit last week 
during a board meeting, and it was absolutely fantastic. And she started to cry, and she referred to herself as a, as a cog in the in the machine, and she didn't want to be a part of the machine anymore. See, she's starting to get the the language out there that's accurate because that's how they're being treated. It's Pink Floyd, The Wall. If you've ever seen that movie or or listened to that record, it's that's exactly what it is. And by the way, for just quick quick little history lesson, fun fact. Of all the of all the vinyl records that I listened to when I was younger, Pink Floyd The Wall was the one that I played on a loop constantly when I was in high school. I mean, I, I read every lyric, it, it resonated with me, and now again, we're we're we were living it back then, but we're still living it now. It just can't be any more obvious. All the kids are masked, they're all walking in line, right down the conveyor belt and right into the meat grinder. And it's, it's a sad thing to see, and it's even sadder to watch parents continuously force their children to go to these environments when they know exactly what's going on within them. So I know everybody's circumstance is different, but this right here is what happens when we rely on government to do what we should be doing in the first place. Um, let's see here. There was another uh, Gateway Pundit story where a Kansas math teacher was fined after resigning. Because in the uh, end of July, they reinstated their mask mandate and their critical race theory teachings. And he basically just said, I've had it. I quit. I'm done. And I'm pulling my kids out of this school building and this school district as well because I'm not going to have them abused in this environment. Bravo. I mean, that person deserves a round of applause. Because they're working in the environment, sending their children to that environment, and they've said enough is enough. And that's an excellent, excellent move. And saved their lives, frankly. And saved his own. See, that's the cool part, too, is that a lot of teachers who who don't leave these environments don't know what awaits them. They don't know that when you see things from the outside looking in after having been on the inside, it changes everything. It changes your entire life. It's Plato's Allegory of the Cave. If you've never looked that up, I, I recommend looking it up and reading about it. It's, it's, it's exactly what's going on right now with a number of different people, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, th- this, was, this was nuts, too. Again, the conflict aspect of this is something that I've spoken about in the past because that's where a lot of my past research would lay when, when it came to violence in school and being able to, to, to see the predictable conflict that's just inevitable, in particular regarding now all of these um, totalitarian rules that are taking place. But this is just a taste, and I'm, I'm going to bring up a few more examples too. Uh, there was a California parent, and this also ca- came from the Gateway Pundit. I'm not going to read the story, just discuss it here. But a, a, a parent um, Sent their elementary school, uh, ended up sending an elementary school teacher to the hospital because they showed up. The parents showed up to pick their child up from school only to see their daughter walking out of school wearing a mask and wondering why. And then they started to yell at the principal. The parent did. And then a, a male teacher intervened. And then there was a scuffle. And then there you go. They, so, somebody ended up getting hit. The, the point is, is that that kind of conflict is absolutely inevitable. You, you you cannot you cannot abuse children in an environment and have parents not not break and recognize it for exactly what it is, which is child abuse. 
So again, it boggles the mind why people are continuing to send their children to such environments. And I sure hope that that parent doesn't send their daughter back to that elementary school. Because again, here we're talking about California, where they have a statewide mask mandate, for the most part, as far as I know. And now they want all the teachers jabbed, which means their daughter is going to be around jabbed teachers. So based on the medical proof that exists out there, their, their daughter is in elementary school and is possibly going to be transmitted on by the, by the jabbed staff members. Again, the walls are closing in here. I mean, it's, uh, it's Star Wars when they're in the trash compactor. It's the, it, the walls are coming in from both sides, except instead of it coming from both sides, it's also coming from the ceiling and the floor. And it's all just crushing in on itself, and there isn't going to be any amount of stopping it or leaning up against the wall or trying to brace it that's going to keep this entire thing from crumbling to the ground. That, it's, it's what has to happen. It's just what has to happen. Um, and, and another piece of conflict, again, I was listening to talk radio while, uh, last week at the end of the week. There were numerous stories of not just mask mandates being rolled out again in places where they shouldn't be, but here in Ohio, there was a story of, again, didn't make the mainstream media and it, and it wouldn't, but no reason to, to assume that the parent was lying. But they were saying that um, their niece... So it would be the uncle of this of this twelve year old girl um, was jabbed against her will at a Dayton area school, and then was told after being jabbed to not tell her father. So don't tell your father that you got this today. You'll be fine. Everything's fine. And then they sent her home, and of course she told everybody and said they they gave me a shot today, and they gave her uh, you know they cooked up the uh, the COVID jab and gave her a COVID jab in school. So again, that's happening also against the parents' knowledge, against the, you know, without their knowledge and against their will and X, Y, Z. I mean, you have, you have, you have brainwashed individuals within these environments taking matters into their own hands medically. They're playing doctor. Now we know that the doctors who are administering these jabs aren't even playing doctor. I mean, well, they are playing, they're acting and, and they don't know what they're doing. But now we have school teachers and school officials doing that, and they've been doing it, let's not kid ourselves, for a very long time. You know, they, all, they already think that they're education experts, and we know that they're not, because if they were, they wouldn't have to consistently reinvent the wheel and corrupt the entire system with foreign influence and a thousand other things. But now, they're running around with needles in their hands, jabbing, jabbing students. Um, and, and again, this is one of those things that people have got to watch out for. If you're still sending your children to these environments, you've got to watch out for that. The jab buses. You heard the Secretary of Education, who, again, is a complete and utter monster. You heard him last week or the week before mention jab buses coming out to every single school in America or every district in America. Now, he could be bluffing, but he at least said it, and he said it on the record. Um, so that's another, that's another avenue of conflict that, that has, you know, that's just inevitable. It's one of those things that's just going to continue to happen. Here's another piece of conflict that is, is also inevitable. And it's something that I, I would really love to get again on footage. And I think it's inevitable that it's going to happen, uh, that you're going to get this on footage with student cell phones. But 
there's a story here of uh, also from the Gateway Pun of a Nevada school that's using Soviet-style propaganda posters to scare students into complying with mask and vax mandates. And I want to read this very quickly because it's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah. Schools spending money and taxpayer money, even though they'll say it's not taxpayer money, spending it on propaganda is, is commonplace. And it's something that's been going on for quite some time. So it's certainly not a new practice whatsoever. But the governor of Nevada, Steve Sisolak, uh, has sent a series of propaganda posters to Nevada schools that are, again, jamming the mind frame with, you have to wear a mask, you have to get jabbed, no matter what. I, I, I've got to tell you, these people are complicit in murder. I mean, th- that's what we're talking about here. So these, here's what these posters say. There are six, it looks like, in at least six. One of them says, and they're all, you know, very contrasting colors, so a, uh, sort of a reddish background with blue lettering and white lettering, and then a bluish background with the opposite lettering. So it says, what if a vaccinated school could secure blank? And then it says, hashtag get the vax. And then it says, what if we could go back... What if we go back to all virtual school, question mark, hashtag get the vax. And then it says, what if we always have to wear a mask, hashtag get the vax. What if we end up having to sit at home another year, hashtag get the vax. It's not too late until it is, hashtag get the vax. And then the last one says, what if they close schools again, hashtag get the vax. These people are so dumb that they don't even know that someone reading this and knowing what's going on would laugh at these posters. And I hope that students are writing all over these posters. They should be. If I came across the poster that says, what if they close schools again? Below it, I would write, I sure hope they do, exclamation point, and then cross out, you know, get the vax, and I'd write hashtag don't get the vax. I mean, put yourself in the mind frame of a high school student or a middle school student. They have to be thinking that if they're seeing this. But again, this kind of propaganda is is beyond blatant. And and the future conflict, which I've spoken about in the past, which I think is something that's going to, I mean, it's, it certainly happened last year, and it's, and it's going to continue to happen. It happened with the MAGA hats. I would call it the MAGA hat phenomenon, where, where you had students coming to school, either on hat day or not, and they're wearing great Amer- uh, Make America Great Again hats. And, and some of them are getting in physical fights. Some of them are getting in arguments with their teachers. Some of their teachers are screaming at them, calling Donald Trump racist and blah, 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 and all this other nonsense. This it, It's that phenomenon just moved over to this. So the question is this. Are we going to see in the future on tape, on cell phone footage, and I highly encourage that this happens. So if you're listening to this and you're a student, do this. And if you're a parent listening to this and you have students that attend K-12 schools, make sure they get this on footage because it's inevitable that you're going to have patriot students who know what's going on standing up in class after a teacher just starts railing on everybody on how they need to be wearing the masks and stay safe and listen to Fauci and make sure they take the jabs. 
how many how many patriot students are going to stand up and push back against that teacher or that administrator and call them out in front of everybody i mean think of all the assemblies that take place throughout the course of a k12 school year typically it's inevitable that some i know i'm using the word inevitable a lot my apologies there are other words i could pick i guess but <laughs> there's certainly I mean, it's just undeniable, I think. It's undeniable that you're going to have a student there with the courage to, to stand up and push back against these brainwashed adults. And I think all of that getting caught on, on, on cell phone footage is, is something that's definitely going to happen, and I don't think there's any, any stopping that whatsoever. I just don't think that there is, nor should there be. Again your tax dollars are going to the very propaganda that is seeking to destroy your own children. That's the, that's the A to Z connection that has got to be made here. Now, this was another story that I thought was interesting and certainly worth mentioning because I did bring this up in the past when I was talking about 5G towers and how I saw 5, 5G towers all throughout the West and the Southwest. And... Um, when I was driving through Louisville, Kentucky, there was a 5G tower right next to a high school, right next to a front door of a high school. Well, this comes, this happened just over the weekend, and it comes from the Children's Health Defense Fund or Children's Health Defense. And it was a lawsuit uh, against the FCC. And um, it says, historic case, we won. The FCC failed to provide evidence that 5G and wireless are safe. So again, and it's a picture of a kid kicking over a 5G tower. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. The videos that exist all over BitChute of people taking Geiger meters or Geiger counters that measure radiation and walking up or around 5G towers and watching the meter just bounce all over the place is, is astounding. And those videos, again, are everywhere. Are you going to see them on YouTube or, or Twitter or Instagram or Facebook? No. They're going to get deleted because, you know, they think it's a conspiracy theory. No, it's a conspiracy fact. It's radiation. It's full-blown radiation. And there's nothing good about it. The internet is just fine. Cell phone, uh, you know, cell phone uh, connectivity is, is fine. You want to put up a, a basic cell tower out in a rural area, do it, but it doesn't have to be pumping 5G everywhere. So that's, that's a win, I think. It'll be interesting to see what happens later on down the line, but it's, it's certainly a win, and I, uh, I support it 100%. Now, there's a couple other things here. I want to play some audio. Some of this is heartbreaking. Some of this, um, again, a couple of, couple of board meetings, but I want to play this first one here very quick. Uh, yeah, and it's a, a, a guy describing his friend's daughter who took the Pfizer jabs. So give this a listen. Well, <clears throat> I don't like making videos, but I feel obligated on this one. My best friend's daughter got the Pfizer shot. Right after the first shot, she passed out, went unconscious for 15 minutes and had a heart attack. Two months later, she's having heart problems. She's 12. The jury is in on heart damage. 
When the heart gets damaged, it does not repair itself. It's not like the liver. The liver can repair itself. The heart does not. So now she has myocarditis. The spike proteins that are in the jabs will continue to attack her heart. She'll need a heart transplant. If she survives that, we know that she's probably blood clotting already because that's what the jabs are doing to people. She's not going to survive. Again, I'm, I'm not trying to be morbid. I'm just, I'm just bringing up the facts. She's not going to survive now. And people are pushing these jabs on their children. And they're pushing these jabs in schools. And I want you to understand that. And again, the push for all of this is going to continue to get worse. Because with every single push, there are going to always be people that bite. There are going to be people that bite on that hook. They, they've resisted, they've resisted, they've resisted, but now they'll take that bite. And I understand that it's human nature would say the exact opposite, that typically um, the more facts that roll out about it, or the more that somebody actually stops, thinks, and discovers something on their own and realizes that they've been lied to on their old television programming system, that uh, less people are likely to, to, to chomp at that hook regardless of how much pressure is put on them. But the enemy knows that the more they push, they're going to they're gonna be able to scoop up more and more people with every push. So you have to continue to resist and disobey and not line your children up for the slaughter uh, every single time. I mean, you, you, you just have to, and you have to be vigilant about what's going on in these school buildings. Again, that's why, in my professional opinion, these are not healthy environments. They just aren't. The line has been crossed. They've played their hand. You've seen the hands that they're willing to play. That's it. They've already played them. So don't, don't get amnesia and think to yourself, well, there was certain circumstances and they were just doing the best they could and, you know, whatever else. Everybody always says that. Well, they just did the best that they could and it was unexpected, but, you know, we all had to, we all had to make do and everybody had to do their part and blah, blah, blah. All this rationalization. It's remarkably problematic and it's unhealthy to say the least because it should tell you about the mental state of the individuals that are going along with this. And it, uh, it's really, really sad. Now, as I mentioned earlier, I know that I harp a lot on the people that are brainwashed and they don't know what's going on and, and XYZ. And rightfully so, and I'm going to continue to do so. But this little clip right here from a board meeting from last week at a, at a school somewhere, uh, I believe in Massachusetts, is, is just, it is sad to hear the brainwashing in this one particular parent because they refer to Fauci, Anthony Fauci, as being uh, an example of a trusted person. And then the entire room laughs. So I've just kind of ruined the clip, but I want to play the audio so that you can hear it, and then I want to make a few comments after the fact. So here we go. Active in fighting COVID under rules established by health experts. One would have to dismiss the views of highly educated and experienced scientists, people like Dr. Anthony Fauci or doctors. <laughs> or excuse me, excuse me. I just, again, uh... now I'm going to tell you something. Again, normally in situations like this, I might be a little more cold-hearted and say something like, well, she's a fool, she's a moron, blah, blah, blah. 
The fact is, is that this is a psychological disorder. She has been abused, as we have all been abused. And it is diagnosable, and it's referred to as Stockholm Syndrome. And I want to I want to read a little bit about it if you're unfamiliar with Stockholm syndrome. And I, I just want to read a little bit about the history first, and then again how it comes about. Because I would say the only pandemics that are going on right now are in fact Stockholm syndrome and Munchausen syndrome. And these are things that I'm going to mention uh, at a, at a board meeting tonight, Monday night. Again, I'm attending a board meeting here locally, and I'm going to drop the hammer on a number of different facts, and I'm going to tell them that if they've been jabbed, they don't have long to live, and there are ways for them to prove that, in fact, they are blood clotting and XYZ. And then, if given the time, very quickly, I'm going to go over the psychological impact of what's actually gone on here. Because, uh, yeah, um, we're talking about serious mental decline. And that's not being, I don't think that that's being talked about enough. I know that child psychologists are are bringing this up, but again, if the psychologist doesn't really understand the wide scope of what's actually happening in the world, then they themselves, as psychologists or psychiatrists, could very well be producing a problem and a bigger problem where there doesn't need to be one. So first of all, the history of uh, Stockholm Syndrome, and I'm reading this directly from Healthline.com. Says episodes of what is known as Stockholm Syndrome have likely occurred for many decades, even centuries. But it wasn't until 1973 that this response to entrapment or abuse came to came to be named. That's when two men held four people hostage for six days after a bank robbery in Stockholm, Sweden. After the hostages were released, they refused to testify against their captors and even began raising money for their defense. After that, psychologists and mental health experts assigned the term Stockholm Syndrome to the condition that occurs when hostages develop an emotional or psychological connection to the people who held them in captivity. Despite being well known, however, Stockholm Syndrome is not recognized by the new edition of the Diagnostic or Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. This manual is used by mental health experts and other specialists to diagnose mental health disorders. Okay. So they're saying it's not a classified mental disorder, but it certainly is a real thing and a real condition. And again, let me let me mention this briefly as well. Again, Stockholm Syndrome is commonly linked to high-profile kidnappings or hostage situations. Now again, think about what's been going on here. It certainly is a kidnapping, and it certainly is a hostage situation, and it feels like that for many, many people. Even in these quote-unquote free states like Florida or Texas or whatever, we continue to hear, to hear these stories and read these stories. And every single time you hear of someone taking a jab and falling ill or somebody being coerced to take a jab or somebody being forced to wear a mask, if you're not directly involved, that doesn't mean that it's not having a psychological impact on, on you, on the innocent person who's completely awake. It does. It has a psychological impact on all of us. So we're all being traumatized. That's, that's the larger point here. So again, it continues and it says psychological, or I'm sorry, uh, Stockholm Syndrome is a psychological response. And it's a connection that develops over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years of captivity or abuse. 
And with this syndrome, it says hostages or abuse victims may, may come to sympathize their captors. This is the opposite of fear, terror, and disdain that might be expected from the victims in these situations. And it says over the course of time, some victims do come to develop positive feelings toward their captors. They may even begin to feel as if they share common goals and causes. The victim may develop, may begin to develop negative feelings toward the police or authorities. They may resent anyone who may be trying to help them escape from the dangerous situation they're in. This paradox does not happen with every hostage or victim, and it's unclear why it occurs when it does. Then it says many psychologists and medical professionals consider Stockholm Syndrome a coping mechanism or a way to help victims handle the trauma of a terrifying situation. So again, I guarantee that if you're listening to this, you know of people who are suffering from this. I certainly do, including my own family members. Some of my own family members, again, they've lined up, taken the jabs. We're all in that situation here. And they don't want to hear it. And they don't want to hear the truth. So what do they do? They retreat. Because cognitive dissonance and retreating from the facts is a coping mechanism. That's where the phrase, you know, sticking your head in the sand comes from. Ostriches don't actually stick their head in the sand. It's just a, it's just a metaphor. And it's true. I mean, it's a, it's a mental way of avoiding the facts about, a, about a, even a very abusive situation that has everything to do with them and the people around them and all of us. But they're incapable of seeing that. They're incapable of seeing the larger picture that everybody is being abused in this giant scope of, of what's going on. And I've mentioned this book in the past, and Amazing Polly brought it up in one of her episodes, but it's, the, it's titled, I believe, The POW Survival Guide. It's a very small book uh, written by a clinical psychologist who's, who's again, a, a, an MD. And uh, he's ex-military, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And it's an excellent read. And, it, and it's a uh, again, it's a small book. It can practically fit in the back of your pocket. I highly recommend reading it because it, it teaches you, again, how to strengthen your mind in times of trauma. And we really are all POWs. We have been here for the last couple of years. I mean, theoretically, we've been POWs our whole lives with all of the lies that we've grown up with and all the lies that we've believed and the lies that are in the textbooks and the lies that we're taught. We don't know that they're lies. Because that's the power of brainwashing. That's what that does. But once you start to wake up and you start to realize that things are not as they seem and that the individuals that have been running the show, so to speak, are very, very evil and deception is their number one play all of the time, that in itself is traumatic. But there are too many people that don't even want to wake up from that, including the woman that you just heard. She's fully masked to the bone. A room full of people starts laughing at her when she calls Anthony Fauci the trusted science or a trusted scientist. The man is a eugenicist and a murderer. He takes aborted babies, cuts their scalps off, and then places them on the backs of rats to see if the scalp will grow hair on the back of the rat. This is a proven fact. This has been discussed now over the course of, of months and months and months. The same is true with dogs. This is a man that, has, that has, has slaughtered half a million dogs with experiments. People that do this kind of thing, experimenting on, on, on animals and, 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 and children, 
dead children is uh, th- these individuals are psychopaths and they rationalize their behavior and their actions all under the fake name of science. That's it. Science. It's for science. Ladies and gentlemen, that's not science. That's psychopathology. And it's a serious, serious problem. So here's another clip that I want to play from a board meeting also. And this is, again, very telling, and it's one of those common patterns that consistently occurs day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, with with these board meetings that are taking place where more and more parents are showing up and finally uh, voicing their displeasure. But it's the tone of the board members when truth bombs get dropped. Uh, they just they don't want to hear it. Just like the guy who gaveled down the uh, gaveled down the, the the parents laughing at that other at that other parent. I mean they they don't want to they don't want to hear the conflict. They don't want their illusion destroyed. So here's a quick clip from a a female mother who uh, drops a lot of truth bombs in a very short amount of time. Again, the buzzer goes off. She throws some books at him. The best books. As a matter of fact, and uh, here we go. Give this a listen. My name's Lee Allen Baker, and I'm a California refugee. <laughs> I gave up everything there, a really successful Hollywood career, television shows, gave it all up for freedom and to come to this friendly place of Tennessee and be greeted with open arms, and I love it here. Um, I wanted to tell you that I have two vaccine-injured children, and they have medical exemptions because after the seizures and the hospitalizations, after all of their immunizations, I was granted, obviously, a medical exemption. So my children are those rare children that will just not be able to get the vaccine. And still, I would never put them in a mask because their brain needs oxygen to grow, which the neurologist couldn't confirm. Uh, Anyway, the real part of the clown show is that you all think that you actually have the authority to mandate this because um, there are these books that I have, and I have them as a gift for you, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Federalist Papers, and also the Bible. And these guarantee my freedom and yours and our children's to breathe oxygen. And the crowd goes wild. And the crowd goes wild. Okay. Again, she, she got her two minutes. Excellent. I'm not. I'm not hating on it at all. It's absolutely fantastic. She got her clip out there. It's bouncing around. I put it on my gab. Excellent. Good for her. She's a hundred percent right. The simplicity is astounding, and um, it really is that simple. It gets a little more complicated, which is the approach, again, that I I plan on taking here, where I'm trying to put the fear of God in these people with the fact that they've poisoned themselves and now they're going to die. I know that that sounds remarkably direct and and morbid, but I'm 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 not hearing that as frequently as I would like about the blood clotting and how it's not going to stop, and eventually these individuals who have been jabbed, if they haven't been jabbed with the placebo, are going to die of neurological damage. They will not be able to reproduce, and uh, and they're going to die of blood clotting at some point within the next few years. Again, it's already happened. The blood clotting happens immediately, as you heard earlier, immediately had a heart attack with the, with the 12-year-old girl, and there you go. So 
for anybody to say that no one's died from these jabs is astounding, but I just want people to kick it. I, I would encourage people to kick it up a notch at these board meetings. And I'm again, I'm, I'm going to hopefully speak at this board meeting. I fully intend on, on, on speaking. My understanding is I might even get five minutes. If I get five minutes, I've got to read real quick because I've got like three pages of information and I know that I'm just going to have to cross things out probably as I'm going along because I'm not going to get to it. But if they don't end up airing it on their YouTube channel and I can't play the clip itself because they decide to edit it out, which I w it wouldn't shock me if they do once they hear what I have to say, I'll read everything that I had written down and typed out word for word on this podcast so that you can hear what in fact I, w I d either did say or the entire uh, the entire thing that I wanted to say if, if time was not a constraint, so to speak. So I would encourage, again, even the doctors and the lawyers and, and what have you to, to start speaking in these board meetings if you're interested. Or you can just sit back and watch the entire thing burn to the ground. I'm fine with that too. It's completely your call. I think that the entire thing is burning to the ground. I don't think that there's going to be any amount of talking that can take place in these board meetings that's going to cause these uh, school districts to change their ways. I mean, you have to vote all the board members out, you have to fire the superintendent, and then you have to take a bulldozer right through the entire district office. I've brought that up with Vanessa Hurst. She's brought that up with me when she's been a, a guest on the, on the podcast as well. We always arrive at that general conclusion because that's true. And that's what has to happen. We, we, we can't you can't expect a tyrant to not be tyrannical and to all of the sudden see the light. That's just not how it works. And and look what reinventing the wheel in education has gotten. It's absolutely horrific. So you can't expect things to just change overnight, and you certainly can't expect them to change in a short amount of time either. Because I, I just I I think the entire house of cards is not only falling. But it's falling into a pit where it's never gonna it's never gonna be able to come back. And here's another little uh, another little story that I wanted to bring up too. And I'd like to have this person on as a guest in the future. But someone reached out to me on Gab and they said, "Have you heard of this?" And they sent me this 33 page document. 33 interesting number. But they th they sent me this document and it had to do with uh, the National Board of Superintendents. Another, again, another superintendent organization or the association of, of administrators and superintendents, whatever it's called. And it's an entire document basically talking about reinventing education for schools across America. It's a frightening document because, again, it's them cramming down the critical theories and the social-emotional learning and just the word jargon is is extensive. And that's putting it mildly. but. That right there is, again, a perfect example of why you don't reinvent the wheel. Reading, writing, and arithmetic are the same. The question then becomes, are they learning old propaganda from the past, or are they being encouraged to think, critically think, and question what is the perceived reality around students? Because we know for a fact that those teachers that do that and encourage that in their own classrooms get fired. They all get fired. And that right there should tell you that if censorship is occurring, it's the truth that's being hidden. That's it. 
if teachers are getting fired for encouraging their students to think and critically think and examine things from a number of different angles, including questioning the very curriculum or text that sits in front of their face, then that should tell you all you need to know about what's being taught and what's being rammed down people's throats and being shoved into people's eyes when they watch TV or movies or whatever they watch. So those are the larger problems. And again, I'd love to have him on because he said uh, this is exactly what they're fighting in their school district. And my response very simply to that is, is I think it's good. I, I, I think that's an endless fight. That's why you just have to leave. Non-participation in the tyrannical system is what is what breaks down the entire machine. But if you consistently feed the machine by yelling at the machine to change its ways, I, I, I just don't think that that's I don't think that that's a viable plan. I really don't. I don't think that it's I don't think it's going to work, and I think it's delaying the inevitable, which is that the entire thing is just going to crumble. So, certainly lots to pay attention to. There's certainly a ton going on. Again, I hope to be able to bring some audio from this next board meeting to bear here in the in in Wednesday's episode. I'll definitely let you know how it goes. I'll stick around as as long as I can. I'll be there from the beginning of the board meeting because sometimes I have a feeling like in many board meetings, they wait till the very end before they get uh, public comments out of the way. I also have a suspicious suspicious hunch here that uh, this particular board meeting is going to be packed to the gills, whereas some in the past have not, in particular the last one, which was in July. Um. Now this it's, this next one is on August sixteenth, so it's it's today, and that's going to be that's going to be a big deal. That's going to be interesting. So we'll see if I can get up uh, to the lectern and, and and let them have it. But again, you have to understand, I have no skin in the game here, so to speak. I I have I have no children in in the district. I'm not affiliated with the district whatsoever. Unfortunately, this was the same district I graduated from in high school. And so all of the learning that I've done around the United States, and I, now I've, and I've come back, and I'm, I'm going to blow them up. And I'm just going to let them have it. And I'm going to tell them they're a criminal organization, and everybody should pull their, their students out of this school district immediately because they've officially allowed child abuse to take place. And now they're pushing vax mandates and jab mandates, and they're going to be responsible for the permanent sterilization and murder of not only their staff members but their children. And they need to know that because, again, that's not being said yet. Not hearing those TikTok clips on uh, on audio around social media, I, that's what I'm not hearing yet. I'm hearing a lot of very good medical doctors bring up the medical facts, and it goes in one ear and out the other. But I'm not hearing them look at these board members and these staff members and say, you're, you're not going to survive. You will not survive this. And I know that that's hard to hear, and I know that that's hard to listen to, but it has to be said, and somebody has to say it. And again, I have nothing to lose here, so that's why I'm, I'm, I'm going to go here and I'm going to attend. It'll probably be my first and only board meeting where I speak, but there you have it. I'm going to end this episode with an audio from a champion kickboxer by the name of Andrew Tate. Give this a listen, and I'll catch you on Wednesday. Tell you something, man. When this corona thing was going on, I tried to fly, I flew here from Romania on Wizz Air because there's, there's, you can't get first class flights into Europe. So all these low cost carriers, I'm flying Wizz Air. I have a mask on. Excuse me, sir, sir, put the mask over your nose. This fucking air stewardess, this minimum wage bitch. So I put my mask on my nose. Da, da, da. Everyone was freaking out about masks. 
I had to fill in all these home office papers when I landed, all this crap, PCR tests, blah, blah, blah. I thought about doing that again. So about two months later, I flew on a private plane. No mask, no PCR test, no home office paperwork. My pilots weren't wearing masks. When I landed at Biggin Hill Airport, the people who met me in the BMW, no one was wearing a mask. Nobody had a mask on. No one asked me to fill in shit. Do you know why? Because I was rich. Corona doesn't exist for the rich people. As soon as you pay 50 grand for a flight, now they don't trouble you then. They trouble the shit muncher on the Wizz Air flight. It's all a fucking scam. All of it's a scam. And this is how the whole world has always worked and always will work. And people at the bottom just don't seem to get it. They don't seem to wake up. And they don't seem to wake up because the people in charge try very hard to keep them asleep. If you had a whole bunch of people who were your slave, why would you tell them the truth about the world? Why would you do that? No. When is the last time you went to school and learned how money works or banks work or taxes or any of the things that they use to control you? No. They teach about fucking photosynthesis. They don't want you to know anything. They don't want us to know anything. They just want us sitting there going, okay, he's a panda and I stay in my house because of Corona. Clap for the NHS. Like a performing seal. Like, like, like an idiot. And, and people are idiots. So they, they control them. And then they come to me and go, Tate, how'd you make all this money? I opened my fucking eyes. I looked around me. I started to think. Things that people never seem to do. <laughs> I don't know how they live in a dream for so fucking long. I woke up out of the dream, right? But this is the truth. Governments are absolutely the enemy of the people. They always have been. They always fucking will be. Fuck all of them. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.